Welcome everyone to Movers and Shakers. The invention of the cookie, meaning the digital cookie and not the delicious Toll House cookie, dates back to 1992. And its technology led to ultimately the growth of the digital advertising business, which in a 30 year period, according to Forbes, grew to over $600 billion. This is now a $600 billion business, largely in part to this invention of the cookie. And when privacy concerns from consumers kicked in, suddenly the lifeblood of the business became a risk. Some digital publishers followed quickly to protect consumer privacy and give customers choice, while others, namely Google, have been holding on to that final nail in the cookie coffin. Today, we have two amazing guests, Steven Goldberg, VP of North American Publishers at LiveRamp, and Todd Diedzik, Senior Vice President of Digital Analytics at Porch Group Media, who is the sponsor of Movers and Shakers, to really walk us through this issue of the cookie and its slow death. Welcome, you two. And now as we go through today's session, you'll see these two overall, as I mentioned, address the death of the cookie from two different angles. Steve will represent publishers and Todd brands or advertisers. Both groups have a stake in these changes and we're gonna talk about solutions today for those of you listening in um, and watching to further ensure you are prepared for these changes as that seems to be the name of the game, to be prepared as possible. Steve, let's start with you. What is LiveRamp and what is your role there? Yeah, thank you for having us. I'm really excited to be here. Um, as she mentioned, my name is Steven Kohlberg. I run uh, the authenticated traffic solution here at LiveRamp, uh, targeted towards our publishing community. Uh, LiveRamp, for those of you who are not familiar, is really a data collaboration platform that really sees itself as the bridge um, in connecting a lot of the ecosystem um, that you know, makes everything in this ecosystem work. Uh, whether it's DSPs, SSPs, publishers, we want to connect those all to advertisers and brands um, and make sure that the ecosystem can continue, um, as you mentioned, in this, in this future cookie-less world. Great, and Todd, same for you. What is Porch Group Media? and your role there as well. Oh, Porch Group Media, we are um, a division of Porch.com, uh, which is a kind of a software as a service company. And what the media arm does is helps brands, introduce brands to the consumers that the Porch software helps identify. So a, a good example is um, software for home inspectors, right? So as that software gets used by inspection and home inspectors across the US, they will license our, sign up for our software around the front end and back end of their offices. That allows us to identify consumers on a name and address basis who are in the process of the move. Um, and that activity of selling one house and buying another and moving into that new house makes those consumers very attractive prospects to many brands uh, across the US. And our job is to help introduce those brands to those consumers. Thank you, appreciate that. Um, and thank you both um, for making time today to, to be on Movers and Shakers. Um, let's talk first about the relationship between the publisher and the advertiser or brands and the consumer. Stephen, what does a cookie-less world look like, you know, and how far are we into this cookie-less world? 
Yeah, it's funny because, you know, as we were discussing a lot of this around cookies, um, you know, we at LiveRamp really consider um, a publisher. And when we speak to publishers that not that cookies are officially dead, but they really should be and have been preparing for this death of the cookie for the last, you know, many years. You know, there's a lot of obviously uh, headlines in the marketplace about, you know, Chrome still having cookies and whether or not they kick the can down the road is really irrelevant to us and our efforts um, in the marketplace. Because when you look at um, cookies in general, um, you know, the majority of uh, people's time spent um, is already cookieless, right? So Chrome, although it does have a decent percentage um, of users, when you look at Safari, Firefox, Edge, those have all been cookieless for, for many years at this point in time. When you look at the mobile app ecosystem, the majority of that is cookieless. Even on Chrome, if you're on um, if you're on an iPhone, which uh, a good percentage of the of, of the population has, you're already cookieless. And CTV, which is um, obviously garnering a lot of news and hype and a lot of dollars, is also cookieless. Um, so when you look at um, you know what a publisher should be thinking about today is they should be if they're not already thinking um, how to grow uh, how to grow their business in this cookieless world because we are already there. That's great. Um, would you say that a partial cookieless world has caused authentication to decline, or are publishers finding you know new methods to ensure authentication? Yeah, so just by way of, you know, background, just so everybody understands, you know, authentication comes in, in many different shapes and sizes. For us at LiveRamp, authentication is an email, right? That is uh, what, what we consider and, and what we hold true as it relates to overall authentication. Um, and, you know, the reality is, is that with the death of the cookie, um, you know, and, the, and, and Chrome uh, finally eliminating it, it's really uh, forced a lot of the publishers to focus on authentication in general and how to grow their overall authentication. Most open web publishers, um, so you know, which a lot of people spend a lot of time on, do not necessarily have the luxury like some of the walled gardens um, in that uh, all of their users are logged in. However, there are many sites out there that people believe um, provide enough value that they provide their email address to those folks, whether it be to receive a newsletter, whether to, uh, to, to view additional content, um, and some of them are even paying customers um, of those open web publishers. So we certainly have seen um, an increase in overall authentication um, across the open web um, with, with the inevitable death of the cookie, because these publishers need to focus on making sure that they can continue to target the users and provide a good user experience um, you know, for their users, um, even without the cookie. Todd, I know Porch Group Media also builds their audiences off of an email, you know, infrastructure. Can you tell me why that's important, you know, to, to look at in terms of solving really this identification issue, you know, audience issue? Can you share that with us? Yeah, and it, it, it's a, a similar, similar approach as, as Stephen mentioned. So we our opinion had always been to brands, if you're identifying an audience as a prospect audience, for example, and you're going to spend and advertise against that audience, it's best 
to then know that audience on the individual level and match the sales to that audience so you can truly measure and decide if you're overspending, underspending, and how to optimize that spend. So we had been always used the tagline that we provide audiences of people versus audiences of anonymous identifiers like cookies. And so, and you know, as dovetailing on what Stephen was saying, the the publishers, advertisers had already kind of thought about those being distinct and different, authenticated, non-authenticated, sort of by default, right? Like some of the the walled gardens or the social media apps, you know, had these big value propositions to consumers to always be logged in. And they were always offer, they always sold those ad space to advertisers at a premium. Um, and in return, offered a lot of benefits that you get from understanding the consumer behind that ad or the consumer that was reached from that ad. And so as the cookies have kind of starting to deprecate and bigger push on publishers who don't have that same sort of, uh, you know, authentication rates and developing more solutions and getting more of their traffic into the authenticated space now allows advertisers to think about what they used to think is as display programmatic display, which maybe combined both kinds of traffic and thinking about, hey, this is an authenticated ad unit, similar to the way, you know, some of those social media wall garden apps are. And I think as they start thinking about that differently, that lines up with what we do as Porch Group Media, which is define that audience based on who they are, email, name and address, phone number, those sorts of sticky, persistent identifiers and reach them at that same level of authentication helps make a, a very valuable campaign for a brand. Yeah, and I, I would just add one last thing and say that, you know, to that point, the value of, of the walled gardens has, has always been that people-based approach. Mm -hmm. And with authentication, it gives, it gives all of the open web publishers the same ability to have that people-based approach in, in the open web. And similarly, it gives advertisers the ability to target people um, you know, the same way that they do in the walled gardens now in the open web as well. That's great. You know, in doing my research, I somewhat garden that a diversified approach works best. You know, we have Stephen here to educate us on leveraging a premier identity solution and Todd to explain why first party data is support is important. It's not really, you know, in the new world, it's not an or approach. It's it's an and. I mean, that's what I'm seeing in the research that I've done on this topic. You know, Todd, can you talk to us a little bit more? And I think you started to get into this answering the last question about why in this new world leveraging first party data, you know, is so important. Right, and it, you know, exactly the, the key, you know, the, the aha was, you know, first party data specifically if it's transaction oriented. So you have that and matching that to your spend can help you optimize um, and grow. Um, and then also importantly, you know, take away the sales portion of it. But if you can identify your consumers, whether they have transactions or not, um, and then you can really control the reach and frequency in the authenticated system that you can't really in the same degree in the unauthenticated system. Um, and I, I'm with you, and there, there'll be purpose, there'll be uh, strong, there'll be reasons for both, right? There'll always be this need of, you know, broad brand awareness, maybe very high funnel, and some of those mass impressions at a lower cost for unauthenticated traffic will always be valuable. But then there'll be more of those hard lovers that brands need to rely on to deliver the growth that they plan for. Um, and I think authenticated, authenticated, addressability has always been central to those themes. 
And Stephen, you know, having a specific identifier that can be leveraged across publish publishers now seems even more important than before. I mean, LiveRamp wasn't just birthed yesterday. You've been around for a while, right? And even before this cookie list, this cookie issue came up, LiveRamp was, you know, a very successful company in kind of making this translation. But now it's really this 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 position of having that identifier you know, and leveraging a data collaboration um, platform, you know, is it even becoming more important, you know, to to be able to um, execute digital, you know, advertising across publishers? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, authentication, as I was mentioning before, is really important for publishers to be able to both maximize the revenue uh, that they see from advertising, but also for advertisers to get the ROI that they've seen historically through cookies. Um, you know, we feel and we've proven in a lot of the studies that we've done, an authenticated user uh, far outweighs a cookie user in terms of both on the CPM side that a publisher would receive, but also on the return on investment that an advertiser would see. So the statistics are there. Um, the challenge for a lot of the publishers right now is how they grow their overall authentication. You know, if you asked any publisher today, would they rather have 100% authenticated users or 10% authenticated users, they'd obviously opt for the former, right? The challenge for a lot of these publishers is how do they get there, right? We don't believe that any publisher um, in the open web can assume 100% authentication like the walled gardens, but they certainly can grow substantially from the single digit percentages that a lot of publishers have uh, to double digit percentages pretty easily through a couple of proven strategies um, in how to uh, communicate and collaborate with, with the users that value um, you know, the interaction between their sites. So we're seeing the results prove pretty quickly and what we're trying to do is educate the community on, to your point earlier, right? They're gonna have multiple strategies, right? Authentication for the open web is not um, ever going to be 100% um, of a publisher's, a publisher's users. So we wanna make sure that they understand what the benefits of authentication is, what they can do with the non-authenticated traffic as well, because it's still gonna be a decent chunk of a lot of people's businesses. But we also want to make sure that they have the right data to uh, to talk internally at the publisher to make sure that they have a strategy for growing that overall authentication. And that's what you know my team uh, does day in and day out with a lot of the biggest publishers or the biggest open web publishers you know in the world on a day in and day out basis. Thank you. You know, Todd, if a diversified approach protects the brands the most and scale is one of the bigger issues to solve, how can you educate um, the folks who have joined us today on brands maximizing what I would call match rate? You know, how you match your desired target consumer, you know, to to where you're showing the ads or vice versa. Um, you know, how do you ensure a match rate? What are methods to increase your match rate? Um, we know retargeting may not be as reliable um, as it once was. If users have rejected cookies or you're in iOS where they're, you're more vulnerable to, you know, decline cookies, even though they might be a more valuable 
you know, user, if you can find them, you know, how does, how does, you know, share with us, you know, with the, the folks joining us today, how you really ensure that match rate, maximize it. If you're, if you're a brand who joined us today, what should they do? Right. So there's, there, it, it goes on both fronts, you know, as, as Stephen's uh, the efforts of publishers to, um, to invest in those experiences that give consumers who are on their properties a reason to log in. Um, and then from an advertiser on their first party data, it's understanding that really getting those identity elements on all aspects of their consumers, whether or not they purchased, right? So for example, I, and I think this kind of led a little bit to the rise of the, the retail media network, which is a, a different topic. But if you think about those e-commerce brands where it's sort of this media network kind of resurgence started, it was because they were easy, you know, if you're going to get something shipped to you, your name and address is something that consumers are usually willing to provide. And then even beyond that, there's strategies about if you're just shopping but not browsing, maybe kind of on that fence, you know, just sharing a location or some elements of your identity improve that experience, right? Like where's your nearest store? Is the inventory at that nearest store? And so then from a scale perspective, we kind of started with the media network of on property, on uh, owned property ad units to certain advertisers of then connecting that based on that address to off property publishers who also have it. And so I think you see some of that sort of some some of the scale is there is just by the the uh, players who have that sort of authenticated relationship with the person on the browser or however they're interacting with the company of connecting together. Right. So that from a single platform as an advertiser. You can say, hey, I want to, I want to reach cons these consumers on a name and address basis. Here's my customers. And you work with partners who are linked together on that identity and you can achieve that scale. That's great. Thank you for that. You know, measurement um, has always been important to brands. You know, is it more of a challenge now to measure success or value of your advertising, you know, in this cookie-less world? Um, you know, Stephen, what are you seeing, you know, from your side of things? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic, especially with the where we are from an economic perspective, right? Like everybody is trying to be more efficient with every dollar that they spend um, because obviously they need to make sure they're proving the ROI. So that's the interesting thing, you know, when you work with LiveRamp and you're buying against ramp IDs, right? Um, which is how people and the currency with which we transact at LiveRamp. Um, and as you mentioned, we've been, you know, doing this for quite some time and we have, um, you know, been part of bigger companies that, you know, have been uh, in this business for, you know, before the internet even existed. We have the ability to really track back um, to the actual purchase data that exists. So one of the things that we pride ourselves on, you know, at least on the, you know, when we're talking to advertisers and agencies is the ability to measure every dollar that's spent um, to that ROI, um, which we think is, is super important, especially when you're targeting an addressable um, and an authenticated audience, um, that ROI is, is a lot easier to prove and track. Um, so that, you know, positions us, especially, you know, in good times and bad times um, as, uh, you know, as a must buy for a lot of the advertisers and agencies. Yeah. And Todd, you know, you're in a little bit different position because you are, 
really leveraging activation. You know, you, you're leveraging your you're leveraging your audiences or your activation for brands. You know how you know how are the brands today? You know, in this more difficult um, space, you know, to achieve reach and scale, how are they looking at measurement and ROI? Right, and I think to, echoing Stephen's point, I think it has fast forward the movement to measure sort of the spend in the digital space, right? Whether that's programmatic or one of the, the social apps on matching sales attribution, right? Versus some other things like last touch and who went to the site and those kinds of things. Some of the disruption of cookies have um, changed those KPIs altogether. Uh, so mm -hmm. it kind of pushes to something you can control, which is, hey, if I can match, if I have PII attached to sales and I can match that to the audience I'm spending against, I can get a, more consistent and truer view of what that ROI is. And that those same sorts of techniques existed 10, 15 years ago as well, um, whether it was in the programmatic space or social. But I think that the difference now is as, because of the cookie change, publishers are more conscious about what is an authenticated impression where you, know, you have name and address or identity associated with the impression versus what is not. Whereas before it would kind of work itself out um, on the back end, you would look at who was reached and who wasn't reached. Some of those cookies you could attach identity to and hence sales to. And you would sort of do the math, tease out the bias, and kind of infer what the ROI was of the whole pool. Uh, but now that I think publishers are more conscious about that, it allows brands to really focus on that portion where they can get ROI and then think about that other portion a little bit differently. And I guess the only thing that I would add to that, you know, to echo a lot of what's been said, is really just to say it's, it's more about real people, right? So there's a lot of noise when it comes to cookies. There's a lot of noise when it comes to a lot of other things. But you know, if you are logging into a website, if you are signing up for a newsletter, like you're doing that because you're a real person um, and it makes the value of that authentication significantly higher um, than tokens of the past, if you will. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I and, think I, and that's, a, that's a good point because it makes to the planning. So Lucy, one of the, one of the behaviors before this drive to authentication and thinking about everything as people is you just thought about scale as potential sum of cookies, right? And so then, you know, planners, and I'm not naming names, but I'll just say hypothetically, you go five years ago, a, a brand looking for an, an audience that they're trying to reach millennials, right? And then judging the quality of that audience was based on scale because they know they could, the larger the pool that you're trying to reach, the more cost effectively you can reach them. But then they're looking at estimates, population estimates of millennials that exceed the Census Bureau by 10x, 3x, you know, it's huge numbers. And it's really because a cookie is not a person. And so you don't really know how many of those cookies are tied to the same person. And is one audience allowing you to reach more? Or are you just reaching a smaller audience, but more often? And this, what does that do to your frequency caps and the experience that consumer is going to have with your brand? So I, I think all of those things are, are true. And that's, and that's the other kind of component outside of ROI as brands look at that unauthentic, un unauthenticated traffic and reaching users who aren't authenticated. How are those experiences different when you're not quite sure what that frequency rate is for that consumer and what that experience is versus one that's in an authenticated experience? And you can really control for that across properties because it all ties to the same person.